0: Welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline, I run the Ballard Designs blog, how to
1: decorate.com. And I'm Taryn, and I'm in the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I'm in
2: branding for Ballard.
0: We have a very special guest today. We have been looking forward to this since probably June when we <laughs> first reached out. Mm-hmm. Our guest is Maria Killam, and she is a color expert, and she teaches a seminar, color seminars. She's here in Atlanta right now. She has a blog. She has books.
2: You're a designer and have an e-design. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast, she's her name has come up yes. many times with designers talking about, what huge fans they are of her, and how much she has taught them about color. So you're going to help us today learn about color,
3: right? Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, so I think Lisa Mindy, um, on one of our episodes back in the spring, mentioned that she came to one of your color seminars. And um, she had some of your color boards mm-hmm. and took them all to our project. So I think after that, I started looking you up and found out you were coming to Atlanta and...
2: Here you are. Our official Yay. stalking of you began. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we were lucky enough today to sit in on the first day of your three-day class. Yes. It was really interesting.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I learned a lot. Good. And I learned how much I don't know. Which is yes, pressing. that's right. Uh-huh. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how would you describe what you do for a living?
3: Well, I teach homeowners and color enthusiasts how to get color to do what they want through my proprietary understanding undertone system, which is a system that I created, um, let's see, probably about 20 years ago now, when I started working at a Benjamin Moore paint store, and after doing consultation after consultation, uh, and I was using big paint samples, and it was like, it's like as designers, we feel like we need permission to use a bigger sample. So I had done a three-day color course in San Francisco, and then I was painting up big, paint samples and I was constantly using them so oh but just to backtrack how the whole understanding undertones fascination for me was born was that I had set up my interior design business I was doing redesign because this was 20 years ago before staging was invented so Wait, um, what's redesign Well, redesign is just like moving furniture around. Oh, I see. Okay. You're using what I have and making it better. Because staging hadn't been invented yet. Got it. People make a lot more money now doing that, (laughs) Uh right? I made $150 back then for the day. (laughs) So I put an ad in the the yellow pages that said, um, we use what you have to create affordable, incredible interiors. And at the bottom, I wrote expert color consultation. Well, the ad worked. And one day this woman called me and she said... So um you know I'm looking at all these beiges I need some help picking a you know beige for my living room and I see that some have pink undertones and some have yellow undertones can you help me with that and I said absolutely and I had no idea what she was talking about <laughs> like yes time to educate so Ooh. that's and of course she didn't hire me <laughs> <laughs> so then um that's kind of when I started to really kind of get like oh you know there's there's different undertones and neutrals and I went off and did this course in San Francisco. Came back and then fast forward, started working at a Benjamin Moore paint store, and it was really just through working with my large samples, you know, doing an average of five calls a week that really added up to, you know, I've done thousands now that really that's where my understanding undertone system was born. So the first time I put a yellow beige, pink beige, and a green beige board painted up in the store window of the Benjamin Moore store, people started coming in and going, can you match this? Can you match that to the owner of the store? And about two weeks into it, he said, Maria, you need to take those down right now. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so that's kind of how it all started. So I've been writing my blog for nine years now and, um, yeah, I sell large color samples. I have my two ebooks on how to choose color and how to choose whites. And yeah, it's really so great. So it's not just about paint. It's about
2: it's so much bigger. It's about color well, it is, everywhere. That's right.
3: And so really, you know, um one of the things that we were talking about today was my whole new distinction point of view, right? That you know, really my point of view or my aesthetic is classic and timeless and I would really like to save the world from having to redo their house every 10 years. Right. Take out the brown, put in the gray, and then the next trend comes along. And I just think that if more people would not be so crazed about putting in the latest trendy, neutral accent tile, you know, that their houses would have some more longevity. Mm -hmm. Right? If they weren't putting in their special tile that they, you know, but that's what people do as, as I talked about in my class today. But yeah.
2: Do you have builders boycotting your seminars? Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But they should do my seminar. They probably should. That's right. Mm -hmm. So
0: explain to us that just the basics of the concept of an undertone and your nine
1: undertones.
3: Okay. Well. Uh, is that that she's like you have to take my three-day course you know it's often that it's uh, okay so um the undertone oh what is the definition of an undertone i don't even know the color that you see underneath the neutral I'll Google it That makes
2: sense, right? The color you see under a neutral. Because one of the things you were saying today, which really I think will help so many people, is to, to put any neutral against something, a white piece of paper. That's right. And then what does it look like? Does it look kind of like it's pinkish? Does it look like it's yellowy or greeny or bluey? And that's your undertone.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, it. What? how you actually can see the undertone is by comparing. So that's the biggest thing that when people, you know, because because as designers we all have, if you know, if you have a gift we all have a spidey sense about what works and what doesn't work right so sometimes you can you can tell your client you know this doesn't work and but you can't explain why it's not it doesn't work and so that's one of the reasons people come to my course is because they want to understand the why behind you know how do I explain to my client that the color I chose is actually the right color, and then how do I sleep at night knowing that I have the right color on the walls? And so when you learn, you know, it's taken me 20 years really to kind of distinguish. Okay, there's like there's like nine you know basic undertones in my system. So once you get what they are, and you come to my you know day one, we walk we go through them all with all the color chips so that people kind of and then I'm like, look, I don't need you to you know, don't be all stressed. If you don't nail it immediately, you don't stick the right color chip on the exercise. I need you to imprint these in your brain once you get them. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to see them everywhere you go.
2: So if you're, if you're if your goal is to get people to have a timeless home, what are tips about that? You know, cause we often will get people who write us and say, Hey, you know, this, I feel like this is a trend and I don't want to put it in my kitchen. Yes. And one of the things you said today to me that resonated so much was, you know, most people in their lifetimes are only going to renovate a kitchen once or twice. Right. So how can I if I'm thinking about doing that, how can I make timeless choices?
3: Well, the most timeless kitchen is a white kitchen. Really? Um, White or cream. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, not everybody. So when I say, when I say white, you can pretend I'm saying cream. When I say cream, you can pretend I'm saying white, like whatever works for you. But basically, you know, what changes with kitchens and what makes them look current are things like, of course, what we're doing now is we have towers for our like microwaves and wall ovens and we're doing upper shelving and stuff. But the dead giveaway for when a kitchen was installed is a wood stain kitchen because, you know, right now there are builders all over the country that are still putting in espresso cabinets, right? That's really? the new oak cabinet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, people say to me, I'm looking and looking. I can't find a house. And they don't even offer a white option, many of them. Like, men perceive wood to be much more Uh, important than white. (laughs) They think it's less. Yes, uh they do. And so, and because most men are builders, that's what people are getting. But it's the wife that buys the kitchen. It's the wife that says, honey, this is the kitchen that I love. Right? So if you put in, I mean, I talk about this a lot on my blog, because when you look at movie sets, many of them are... Classic and timeless. There's always subway tile in the bathrooms, Mm -hmm. subway tile on the backsplashes, right? Because that really is the most classic and timeless look. You can install it in different ways. You can put in a herringbone if you want to. It doesn't have to be just a brick pattern, but really... I mean, I have been doing this now for nine years, writing this blog. And in nine years, accent tiles have changed like four or five times already. Wow. <laughs> so that tells me that it's a fad. It's not a trend because a trend usually has a lifespan of 10 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, the, that's mm-hmm. the thing. So when it comes to um, hardwood floors, a pale, like a maple or like a, um, is it a rift oak? Like a pale color or like a medium brown color? No gray. Do not put gray in your floor because if you, the minute you install a charcoal hardwood floor, you have to decorate with gray for the rest of your life. There's nothing timeless uh. and neutral really about a charcoal mm-hmm. floor. So that's the other thing. Um, those are you know. So that's and then I I believe that all bathrooms should be white or cream. Um, because then you can paint the walls every six months if you want to you can change a shower curtain You can put in new towels. You can there's so much freedom and flexibility that you have once you have a white or cream bathroom so, Or black and white or something or uh-huh. you know, it's not like you it has to be completely white But so when you say a white bathroom. Yes. do you mean like all the tile
2: the hard stuff.
3: Yeah, what yes I, That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah And I mean and there's obviously some room to move on that I mean, I just renovated my three bathrooms this summer Oh and, um, All three at once. Yes. How many Rip do you have in the your house? I off immediately. You are three. Crazy. Where did you go potty? Well, what happened was I'd already <laughs> changed the mm-hmm. toilet in a couple of years ago. It was new in the powder room, mm-hmm. and we didn't take out the vanity in the powder room until um, the last minute, till we had to. And so we were just showering at my mom's house, who lives a couple of minutes down the street. <laughs> oh well, okay. That's oh, right. Goodness. Or at the gym. When I'd get to the gym, I'd shower there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but um, I. So one of the bathrooms has like a. Uh, Carrera and diamond shaped little small scale pattern for Mansax. That was, um, you know, so that's, and then a black countertop. And then I painted the walls a Kelly green and put up some black and white art. But that is a, you know, you, you've got lots of flexibility with that right. kind of a color scheme. Then in the master, I put in white hex tile with gray grout because it's going to turn gray anyway. <laughs> and I did a white subway tile, um, oh, and then I did a subway tile surround in the first bathroom mm-hmm. I was just talking about, and then I did a um, subway tile um, on the, in the wainscoting with a little white cap on it in the master, with a gold round mirror, with some Kate Spade sconces, with a freestanding tub, with you know um, eight botanicals framed in gold. You know, there's Pretty. many things that yeah. you yeah. can
2: do. and yeah. so, so You can take a lot of different directions can. with that basic palette. That's right. Yeah. I did subway tile in my th- three bathrooms when I renovated. Three? Yeah. Because I was so intimidated by all the options. And I knew that I'd always love sub- subway exactly. tile. And you it's see? affordable. Perfect. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I like it. I can't even wade through all of these things. <laughs> so with that, I love it. Exactly. I really do. That's right. I'm so glad you're reaffirming my choices. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we
0: did today that I really liked was like looking through the fan deck, but also your big color boards. I feel like people don't stress enough how important it is not to go off the paint swatch. And oh, like that little
3: tiny one-inch square? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I was
0: wondering if you could kind of talk
3: about Yes. Well, you know, yeah. the first time that I was... So first of all, I mean, I, you know, the first color course I did you know, this woman would paint up big samples. So I just got home. And so that just kind of gave me permission because as designers, we feel like we need permission to use a bigger sample. So I started painting up large samples. But then one day, so I'm using these big samples, picking colors, and I'm in this client's house and she opens up this brochure, this stain brochure. And she said, you know, these tiny little one by one inch by one inch stain samples are in this brochure. And she said, so we like, you know, which stain color should I, should I stain my hardwood floor? Well, I looked at her like a deer in headlights. <laughs> and I said, uh... I don't know, but I'll get back to you. So I jumped <laughs> in the car. I called my mentor friend and I said, well, what should I have said to her? She said, Maria, every floor takes a stain differently. So you pick the range that you want. The hardwood floor guy comes over. He did a little test. That is how you decide what color your hardwood floor is. There's no such thing as just pointing to a swatch on a brochure. So it was funny because I just picked colors with my big samples. And suddenly I feel like I need to give her a color from this tiny one inch by one inch swatch. So once people attend my course and they see me working, they see how I use the large samples with hard finishes, like with countertops and backsplash tile and, you know, even with flooring fabrics and everything even. and yeah. flooring, then they can see how to use them because the the way to show your client that you've chosen the right color is really by comparing colors. So if you walk into your client's house and you decide, okay, so based on everything that's in here, I think that they should have like a green gray um, paint color. So you pull out Edgecomb gray, which is a Benjamin Moore color or agreeable gray, a Sharon Williams color that many of you will be familiar with. So you pull this color out and your client might go, Oh, well, how come it's that? Right. It how come it's not to me the 2000 colors to me. that you right. brought? That's mm-hmm. right. And they're going to have their objections. They're going to say, you know, if someone is a blue person, they're going to say, Oh, that looks beige. And that's when I know, oh, you're a blue person. Really? You don't think that gray gray is not gray to you until it's blue. Mm -hmm. So then I give Mm -hmm. them a blue gray, and then they're happy. So sometimes if someone is not a gray person, they'll say, oh, that's gray. I don't like that. But then, so then I pull out the coldest blue gray in the deck, (laughs) and I compare it to the color I've just chosen and picked out for them. And and I say, well, this is cold. And they say, oh, Mm -hmm. I see. Okay, well, you know. And then if they still don't get it. I go through the other eight undertones, we go through gold beige, we go through taupe, we go through pink beige, yellow beige, green beige, we go through all the rest of them, and then we come right back around to the color that I said was going to be right in the first place. <laughs> in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> That's so, right.
0: So basically, hold on, I'm just trying to like... Envision. Every <laughs> every like main color, like say you want a blue paint color, every version of blue, there is a blue with a little gold in it, blue with a little... Yellow in it, bolt, glue in no. a little pink.
3: Okay. So no. That's a good question. Um, basically, gray has three undertones. Blue gray, green gray, violet gray. That's it. And then beige has five Beige has like three, you know, primary undertones. So pink beige, yellow beige, green beige. And then the secondary undertones, which are secondary in importance, nothing to do with the color wheel, are gold beige and orange beige. And then there's taupe. And then there's, okay, one more. Did yeah, you yeah, violet? Right. So basically, yeah. right. So gray has three undertones. Beige has five undertones. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, and then there's toe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You had it. Oh. That's right. Okay. <laughs> That's I got it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you so are a really- true color expert. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that again? Give me <laughs> my color back. <box. laughs>
2: the cheat sheet. That's the right. The cheat sheet, yeah. So, so you're talking about For like a neutrals. blue. So a,
3: those are just so, neutrals oh, right, that have gray, a gray Or green or a blue. So... Right, okay, so if you were just, okay, you're just talking about if you were picking a blue, for example. Yes. Right, so there's blue like in the color blue, like navy blue or periwinkle blue or turquoise or, so there's colors. So for example, if you needed to match, if you needed blue to go with your Ballard Designs Duvet cover, then you would just find that blue in your paint chip and you would, you unless just match it was a blue it. gray, you just match it. Uh-huh. Like if it was a turquoise or if it was a periwinkle blue or something, that's not in the realm of gray, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, it is if you could get a gray turquoise, but let's say that it's more of a color, color, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you, wouldn't inter- you wouldn't look at that and go, well, that's a neutral. Which neutral is it? Here's how you know what you're talking about. Here's how you know you're dealing with a neutral. When you're looking at it and you're like, oh, what is it? Is it blue, gray? Is it like, Is it? Gray is it, it big? Ba- what is it? Right? That's when you kind of know that you're in the realm of a neutral. And so if you then, if you're looking at a neutral, then, and, and it's gray, it's pretty much going to be, it's either blue gray or it's green gray or it's violet gray. So it's those it says neutrals
2: that have the undertones. I think that's, well, those are the colors that mess people up so much because they can't see that, that they, subtlety it's the, in it's there. That the undertones of
3: neutrals are so much harder to see. Mm-hmm. Cause I did, I, you know, put up a slide today where I was showing like a Kelly green mug and an apple green mug. Like it's, you know, even your husband could say, well, that's an apple green or that's a Kelly greener. Right. I mean, right. you know, that's a, that's a lemony greeny yellow. Like it's easier to see the undertones and colors, much harder to distinguish the minutiae of them in neutrals. And that's why designers talk about, a lot of designers, not everybody, but, you know, we'll talk about grays in vague terms like, oh, I prefer warm grays over cool grays. Mm -hmm. Oh, you prefer green grays over blue grays. Right. Like that. Right. Yeah. The very but specific once you get color. what the three are and then where they live on the fan deck, your life becomes much easier and it's no longer, you know, no longer becomes cool as one celebrity designer had said, you know, color is hard. You know, all you have to do is test it and hope that you get it right. Well, what, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is what she said. It's on sort the stage. of a science. It, it kind of is. And so, but once you get the system, it's way easier to narrow it down. So if you have a particular
0: neutral in mind that you want, how do you know which undertone to go with? Like if you have all, you know, your kitchen's all done, your towels all picked out. Yeah. How do you know
3: what direction to go in? Usually the one that is the most obvious. So um, one of the rules, one of the, well, guidelines, I'm not going to say rules, but one of the guidelines in my system is that you really shouldn't have more than two undertones in a room. Now that's in the world of decorating. So... Because right? you're gonna, you could have an, you can have a tile. you could have a tile with five different undertones in it, right. But are you going to pull out three of those undertones when you're decorating that room? Mm, it's gonna start looking a little chaotic. a little right? crazy. yeah That's right. So really, it's whatever the primary, the, whatever's the most obvious to you. So when you use my color boards because there's 50 in my core collection, you know, and designers, I always have two or three designers that have them when they come to my course and I'll be like, okay, validate me girls. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let me, tell me Are you know, 95% of the time that you need a neutral for like a, to go with a tile or go with a countertop. Aren't they in my core collection? And they're like, yeah. You know, we were just talking about Portland gray today, which is a purple in my um, collection. And one of the designers was telling me that she just chose it for vanity. And she said, it was absolutely perfect. Cause I said, it's kind of weird. It's just this weird it's just this like reddish purple and you would think like what makes this purple different from all the others but I've used all the others and over and over again it's like Portland gray is the one that matches like in so many different scenarios and that's what makes my system something that is really easy to work with because you're only dealing with 50 of them right like so really what I'm doing in my courses is raising your level of understanding neutrals from like the one percent to the twenty percent because eighty percent of the time we're picking neutrals Right, 20% of the time you're like, oh, let me pick a color to go with that duvet or let me pick a color to go in in the powder room. right? But 80% of the time we're picking a neutral. And so, um, I am interrupted.
2: Oh, no, that's I it. what I was going to say. So to, for Caroline's question, so if I've, I've got a countertop and I've got cabinets and I have a floor, I need to look at the undertones that are already there. That's right. I need to be like, all right, this is yes. all kind of blue. Don't pick
3: one that doesn't exist.
2: And And maybe I need to compare what's there to other neutrals to yes. see what color is coming mm-hmm. out at me. That's does right. that look blue or does that look yeah. gold or green? That's or, exactly right. And then I go with that. And then undertone. you eliminate oh my walls. Right? Uh-huh. You could
3: pull out the, you know, because basically there's a nine undertones. They each have like three to five colors each, right? Light to dark. Or light to medium really. And then you pull them all out and you just eliminate just like when we did the exercise in the class, we were immediately were eliminating the ones that were obviously not even a remote match. Yeah, I want to talk about the exercise because
2: it was really interesting to me because we're in this sort of ballroom that where you're teaching the class and it it's a, it feels dated in here, right? So it's sort of a golden yellow color right? and it has a sagey green rug with a big brown, you know, kind of hotel room pattern.
3: That's right. And, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and you're like,
2: we're going to fix Grace. their color scheme today. And yeah. you pull this whole group of 30 women and... Within five minutes, you had the right color for the walls Right with the system. You were just like, That's okay. right. we've got all these. These are all gross. Yeah. These are gross, gross, <laughs> gross. Move yeah. those aside. These three might work. What do we like best? Okay, done. I mean, it was yeah. so simple. That's right. Because people struggle so much yes. with wall color, and this seems like it makes it so easy.
3: Well, when people do my course, they get way faster in picking color.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It seemed like one of the overall sort of,
0: you know, ideas was just consistency in the wall color rather than trying to, I mean, that was sort of what we were going through today when we were looking at, you know, we had like a problem room that right. had, it was all over the place, a mess, and then trying to pick a paint color. But the paint color was always like really kind of, I don't want to say monotone because it wasn't monotone, but like it was in that same vein. Like it wasn't making it a It doesn't always statement. have to be a statement. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: So. It's a unifier.
0: How do you know when you can make a statement and when you should go with
3: the that neutral girl. that relates to the room. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, I don't know if I can give you an answer without a picture. Yeah. Um, cause <laughs> today when
2: you gave us that one room and it was a cream sofa and blue chairs and we were all thinking, all right, we need to pick a neutral for that wall. And you're like blue wall. You know, like, cause we got to make sense of these blue, two random blue chairs. Right. We need a bluish wall. We need a blue rug. Right. we got these blue chairs. And then suddenly there's a, 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 Uh, a common thread Mm -hmm. in this room
3: yes because the two chairs were blue gray and the sofa was more of a yellow beige yellow beige is out because nobody wants beige right now and then blue gray would have been my second choice so then people in the room said gray, and i'm like don't leave this glass with just gray in your head Mm -hmm. because that's because blue gray is a current color so i guess that's why that would be a good color to choose well we picked uh a beige and hated it we were like well we hate this color right but
2: if we're gonna pick a neutral it's gonna have to be this one so i'm so relieved for you to be like yeah beige is out (laughs) beige. (laughs) go with the blue we didn't even think that way right right so yeah but
3: then but so the the so the rule to take away then or the guideline to take away then is to really just you're always looking at your big pieces in the room to decide you know how you know because your wall color is designed to pull your room together so the first place that you should look is really my drapes my carpet my sofa my chairs right and then if none of those colors speak to you I mean there isn't a you know just like I said in the morning you know somebody sometimes your client client will take me over and show me like five little flowers on a little chair and say Maria can I have these can I have blue Because that's the only blue in the
2: room. Yeah, that stamen of that flower That's blue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You said I'm like, no, you can't have blue. No. Yeah, Yeah, you had said that earlier today. How you have clients come and tell you they'll have a neutral and all like room, and then they'll be like, but I want this clean color, and and they have these muddier colors, and you're like, no, like you can't put that (laughs) into
0: the room, right?
1: Yeah, so let's maybe talk about clean versus dirty.
0: Yes, that was that's really part.
3: important. Yeah, go Good okay. <laughs> yeah, help us. You're <laughs> the expert. You're the expert. All right. So one of the things, so I talk about clean and dirty on my blog, and I and inevitably somebody will say, "Oh, Maria, I think dirty is a bad word, and can't you use muted? And why can't you use you know tone down? <laughs> like what's wrong?" And, and so people just kind of get hung up on the word dirty. But if you envision a shower with like screaming pink beige tile, and a bright yellow paint color that's just been painted with that screaming pinky beige tile. The only way to really explain to your client why they're unhappy with the color scheme is because this bright yellow color here is making your surround tile look dirty and it, and it looks dirty like that is the only thing you can say. There's no, like it looks muted. So right. Cause muted doesn't even right. sound bad. That's right. So <laughs> yeah. So, so one of the things that I, that I, tell me um, on participants on day one is that you know when I when I used to teach this course at the college level I would send everyone home with a clean and dirty exercise they were not going home putting together like you know complementary or monochromatic you know color theory you know combinations that really are not helpful for picking wall color I would send them home with look like I want you to put clean colors together dirty colors together so this one woman came back and she said one student she said Maria like I was in the paint store, and this color consultant said to me, Maria, like, I mix clean and dirty colors all the time. And I said, that's great. And you can do that when you leave here. Mm-hmm. You just won't be doing that here. <laughs> because here, I'm training your eye so that you can see when you've actually stuck a clean color in the mix and it looks wrong. Right. Because clean and dirty is relative, just like cool and warm.
0: So a clean color is just like a color that doesn't have, it's just...
3: Like white plus yellow or something? Yeah. Like how do, how do if how does I had, one define clean yes. or dirty? Well, I mean, the easiest way would be really the trend that we're experiencing now. Color is more fresh, right? It's mm-hmm. more clean. We're decorating with bright turquoise and, you know, raspberry and Kelly greens and all those brighter colors. I mean, those are all cleaner colors versus in the brown trend when everything was more muted, cream, brown, rust, you know. Sage. Huh? sage, gold, right? Everything Mm -hmm. was much more, you know, now it's much more graphic and black and white. And then that's, that's the reason why the gray trend came along was because bright color got brighter. Color got cleaner. Color went back to the 50s and 60s, what we're, you know, and, and that's, and gray is the perfect backdrop for that. Beige dies with clean colors. And that is why when somebody wants to, you know, incorporate clean colors into their Tuscan house, oh, it's hard to do if your house is entirely still entrenched in the Tuscan brown trend. Right. It's going to make your walls like, like you just said, dirty. If you have a cream
2: wall, a cre-
3: right. beige <laughs> wall in there. Well, or if you were to paint your yeah. wall at Tuscan house, if it, you were to put white or grayish yes, yes, in your Tuscan that. house. Then it would start looking clean and dirty, and then start throwing in some bright colors. Same thing. So you got to tread carefully (laughs) when you are incorporating the old with the new, so that you don't end up with this yesterday and today look all in the same room.
0: So one thing that I liked that you were talking about earlier is about the Fandex from Benjamin Moore, or you know anyone really, Mm -hmm. and how um, the I think people it's completely
3: transferable. Is that or what?
0: Yeah, um, like the color isn't the
3: same color all the way down the fan deck. Like, oh, right. Yes.
0: So, yeah. yeah.
3: Okay. So, um, so the way a fan deck is made is that there's a team that basically by eye will take colors from different fan decks and fill in the blanks. So, and for example, what a lot of people don't realize is that you know the the Benjamin Moore historical fan deck and then their new designer classic fan deck—they're just they've just put the colors together the best they can. They haven't necessarily put them together from a gradation of light to dark. And so, um, so if you are looking at the color that's darker or lighter, and that's you're looking for the darker or lighter version of any given color, and it doesn't look like it's the darker or lighter version. Then it's not. Right. Mm -hmm. And you need to trust your eye and then look for one that is, or, you know, if you need the one that's in the middle and it seems to jump from light to dark and you're like, where's the medium color? I mean, I know a, I know a colorist who used to, I will not name the name of this paint company, but she was working for a paint company who, um, she, so she's, she, she was trying to do color consultations with their fan deck. And then one day she just said to them, like, I seem to be always missing the medium row. Like of colors like where are those colors they said oh we took it out the last time we redid the fan deck because it didn't fit in the colorizer because think about it if a paint company redoes their fan deck every little hardware store in the middle of nowhere needs a brand new colorizer that all the color chips go into so they've just taken it out
2: no one needs medium
3: (laughs) (laughs) just add white to the dark that's
1: right (laughs) Oh my God!
3: Lord, so, yeah, yeah. So
1: you can't trust the. So you, know, you so my, in. yeah.
3: So you know, the first one of the first lessons of day one is, you know, you need to learn tr- learn to trust your eye because mm-hmm. if it's not there, it's because you're not looking at it, probably.
2: How do you feel about custom mixing colors? Like, say, I have fabric I love or something like that. Should I take that in and try to get them to match it at the paint store, or is that a mess?
3: Um. I think that um, before I, before I kind of discovered my system and worked it out, I was a lot more obsessed with custom color. Like I had, like, you know, when I first learned color, I learned all about how to mix that, you know, anyone that does a color course, that's an intensive thing. You're mixing color all the time. So, you know, I was left from this course in San Francisco that, you know, That's my world. It's just going to be custom. Like if I can't find the right color, or if the color isn't right, I pick the color, but the client's like, yeah, it's not quite right. Well, then I'm going to come over with all my colors, and I'm going to tweak it for you. So the first time I picked a yellow, (laughs) because I went home and bought like 12 of these colorants, my client said, yeah, Maria, the yellow, it's a bit bright. I said, oh, don't worry, I'll be right there. So I drove over with my colorants. I pulled out my purple cause that's how you tone down yellow. And I added purple to it. Now we had it. Now we had the color, right? But Oh, guess what? We had three more gallons to go. Mm. So this was a bit of a problem. So I think that once you get my system, people get a lot less, a lot less fixated on, Oh, let me get this color in quarter strength or half strength, or, you know, mm. at the end of the day, there are so many colors out there already on a color chip. If you find a petal, a flower petal that you just love the color, you can pretty much find that. It probably exists. Yeah. It probably already mm-hmm. exists. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And they often can, I mean, my I go to Ace Hardware for my paint because yeah. I love my local Ace Hardware. <laughs> um, but any brand they can match. That's right. They have all of those. Like they if can. I find I a Sherwin-Williams or a Benjamin Moore color. I
3: think you have to, like, for example, companies like Sherwin-Williams and, and Benjamin Moore, they're matching each other's paint all day long. Mm-hmm. They're going to have the formulas already in the system. Like, that's just how it is. So... If you are working with custom color or you're worried that it's not going to, like if you get the undertone right, you don't need to be so stressed if it doesn't have the exact drop of something in it that's going to make it absolutely perfect. It's about getting the undertone right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What
0: about exterior paint colors? Yes. I had such a hard time picking paint colors for my house and I was wondering if you could kind of Give people some guidance on how, like, do you approach it the same way you do an interior? Is it different because of the light, or the trees, or the whatever? How does one pick paint colors for Hell their house? Because that is it's it's a far it's a far larger project to it repaint is. your house yeah. than it is to repaint a wall. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I have a one-hour webinar that I sell on my site that um, mm-hmm. is online training that you can learn how to pick the right color, but basically you know, it's interesting when you're in the industry, how you end up, I was talking about this today, how we pick the same colors over and over and over again, depending on what the trend is. So before I get to that, though, obviously, you need to look at the fixed elements on your house. So if you have stone on your house, or what color is your roof? I mean, a lot of people don't think about these things when they're trying to pick a color. So the exterior color on your house will get four times brighter and lighter when it goes up. So, but the The beautiful thing about exterior now is that you can actually find so many of the colors that you might be considering already painted on a house online, on Pinterest or something. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? So, um... How do I find it? I just type in the paint
3: color in Pinterest and... Oh. You put, you know, exterior, um, Sandy Hook gray or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, basically right now, the big trend for exterior is white, cream, Gray. Shocker. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) So, um, so over and over again, I mean, that's what people are looking for. I mean, those kinds of color schemes. So So you're saying if, if I want white, then I need
0: to go four times. Darker. I mean, that makes it sound extreme, but like I just need
3: to pick a darker white than what it will actually look like. I mean, let's talk about cream. Like if you wanted a cream on your house, you, then you, then you choose actually a green beige. A color that looks green beige inside will look cream outside on your house. I mean, white's kind of white. Like you can, like you don't, I mean, you could pick a grade white and yes, it will look still white on your house. But it's also what you're comparing it to. Like, you know, I had a, so I had specified a white for a client and so she, Painted up on a board along with three other whites and then she stuck them all up on her gold beige house and she sent me an email and said Maria they all look dirty. (laughs) (laughs) So I sent her a picture of the white that I'd specified painted on an entire house without any comparing to the gold beige she was comparing it to. And I said this is what the colors to look like paint your house. She said, okay, just do it. <laughs> That's right. And you are right. That's right. Of course. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> have you? Do you make mistakes? Oh, color? yes. You do? For sure I have. Oh, yeah. And I mean, well, I was just telling everyone today when we were doing the, um, we were doing the white exercise. So there's a color um, called distant gray, Benjamin Moore, that is often the color of a white final window. Well, I had once, um, I was doing an e-design project. And I was looking at this um, woman's house and she just appeared, she looked like she had vinyl windows that were white. So instead of telling her to test it, take that little color chip and, you know, stick it on there and send me a picture to make sure that I was giving her the right white. I just said, paint your trim distant gray to match your vinyl windows. So a week later, I get this email from her with this picture and she goes, Maria, like, is this right? And I <laughs> said, no. Mm. I said, how much did your painter um, charge you? to paint all your trim. She said, $600. I said, okay, great. And I emailed her or I sent her $600 because her windows were beige. They were like a creamy beigey color. Mm. They were not white at all. So these are the learning pains when you are trying to figure out (laughs) how to specify color online (laughs) and get it right. You know, you have to go through the steps of the, of the testing and everything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, do you, so you do a lot of online consultations for people for color?
3: Well, I have a whole e-design um, section on my site. So I used to do live consulting. I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But now um, I have a virtual assistant and we put them together. So it's a whole like, it's like a PowerPoint presentation. So somebody needs their, um, needs like a new build. You know, they need to know like, what's my countertop? What's my backsplash? What should my toilet, What should my bathroom looks like? What sconces? What, you know, we'll put together a whole preliminary, like this is what you're, your house, basically the, 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 they, all the hard finishes, right? Mm-hmm. People can just buy an exterior roof if they want to, if they're just putting on a roof, they can just buy that consultation and like that. So exterior and interior and yeah, it's a whole, but I mean, and that's the other thing that I teach on day three is that once you understand the nine undertones, you see them everywhere and you can, then now you can now confidently shop online and you can, um, Specify color. Once somebody sends me the house or the, you know, their living room and I've seen their sofa eight different, in eight different angles, I can tell you, that's a taupe. Mm-hmm. And then I can <laughs> pick the right undertone to go with it.
0: What mm-hmm. about picking paint colors for adjacent
2: rooms?
3: Yes. like
2: Do they need a match or no?
3: So the way to create flow is not to take one strip and go from light to dark. The way to create flow is you start in the living room, usually because that's usually where the color palette of your house kind of gets established. You're going to have more color there. You're going to have more things happening in your living room. Right. So for example, my living room is, um, I have a sunflower yellow sofa. I have raspberry drapes and I have like green accents in there and black and white and yeah, black and white rug and stuff. So, so it's pretty colorful, you know, I'm color me happy. That's my blog. I gotta be colorful. (laughs) Um, so anyway, so the first thing I would do if I walked into a client's house and we needed to, you know, pick a pick, just paint colors. Is I would walk into their living room and just match everything in their living room, right? So I'm going to have that sunflower yellow paint strip, raspberry. So now my hallway is a couple shades lighter than my sofa. My bathroom is raspberry, right? That picks up my raspberry drapes. And but now is my whole house yellow, green, and raspberry? No, but you know I have um, a sorbet orange office in the in the house. I have um, like a turquoise master bedroom. There's no turquoise in my living room. But when you walk through my house, people say, your house feels so fresh, right? So the colors are all clean. I'm not like, you know, I'm not walking from um, a yellow hallway into a sage green office. Right. Right? Gotcha. So you want to, so when you're creating flow, you want to keep your colors in the same, you know, clean... um, What's the best way to explain. You know, if they're clean, you keep them clean. If they're dirty or more muted or earthy, then they're more earthy. And that's how you create flow. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a, you, good role. That that mm-hmm. a good rule. That um, is a good rule.
1: And I was going to speak to you also talked about contrast, either if, you, if it's too strong or too weak. Um, and I didn't know if you could speak more to that too.
3: Yes. Well, one of the things uh, when I talk about um, light and dark, Because basically the three ways to describe color are colors always light dark cool warm clean dirty so inside of light and dark I talk about creating contrast and how unless you're doing a white on white bathroom or a white on white kitchen which that's when you can create contrast by adding all kinds of decorative items right you can add carpet curtains paint the walls you know that's how you add contrast in a white on white kitchen or bathroom but if you are putting in you know a brown counter, or if you're putting in brown cabinets, let's say, or any kind of color wood stained cabinet, you know, really, in my opinion, the best color for the countertop is not some kind of, you know, monochromatic granite that matches the the countertops perfectly, right? Like, I mean, I have seen a million kitchens from the brown trend. I mean, I'll never forget walking into this one house. The um, flooring was brown, the cabinets were espresso, the countertops were charcoal, the backsplash was charcoal. And I thought, wow, like you could not pay me to live in this $3 million house. Mm -hmm. Like what happened to the happy yellow kitchen? Like where's that kitchen, right? I mean, you know, it's just like on your own, people think, oh, I need to match, match, match everything, right? So a good rule of thumb is to alternate the contrast, right? So if your cabinet is brown, then put in an off-white countertop and an off-white backsplash, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so then you've got, then you're alternating the contrast. Maybe your floor would then be a, a light color as well like a light um, maple or light rift oak or something. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. What do you do when you have clients who have really ugly things that they want to keep? (laughs) (laughs) such a good question. (laughs) Or like say they're, you know, like they have a, they just put it in this kitchen and they need, it's, Brown cabinets and an ugly countertop. And they're like, help me pick a wall color. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) that's not the problem.
3: What do you do? You know, one of the conversations that I talk about on day one in the beginning is about, you know, you know, the slide I put up is, you know, is color magic true or false? color can sometimes be absolute magic, right? You can paint your... I have saved many a client from an immediate bathroom renovation or kitchen renovation just because I picked the right color for the walls and the right color for the cabinets, you know, but sometimes there is no magic and sometimes you need to tell your client, look, this is bossing around your entire color scheme. Like I just had um, someone come up to me in the course who said, okay, so I'm really... um, this is my new condo that I'm renovating the whole thing and I just want to know can I keep these this black sofa and love seat Well the black sofa and love seat is from the 80s mm-hmm. and I said you can keep it it's your house but just so you know like you know you'll hate it even more the minute you've renovated everything everything is brand new and now you're going to have this 80s you know sofa and love seat black in your mm-hmm. living room like black is in again but it as we know nothing ever comes in the same way Right right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so, I mean, I think that it is, um, you know, you need to learn to be bossy, but in a charming way. When you did you, say that. I liked that. I wrote it down. <laughs> you did, bossy I wrote, in a charming way.
2: I'm going to use it
1: later. Yeah, I like it.
2: On your husband? Yeah. I <laughs> honey. I'm already is... doing that. Not I
1: perfected. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. One thing that my mom did when, um, when we bought our, like, when we were growing up and we moved into a new house, and it had one of those bathrooms. I know y'all have all seen it. Karen and I, or Taryn and I, have commiserated. Had a blue toilet. Oh, the baby blue. Yeah, like well, it's like a china blue kind. of Yeah, right. Oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, baby blue toilet, baby blue tub. I think it actually had white backs, like um, square subway tiles. But she, oh, and then it had a terracotta like hex floor. It was it was rough. But my mom found a wallpaper that had all those colors in it. Yes. Beautiful. And it looked amazing. And it looked it looked fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, would she have rather not have a blue t- toilet?
3: Sure. Right. But
0: <laughs> in the context of the patterns and the colors and everything. I am so glad
3: you brought that up. It works. I've seen that done many times. Right? The right wallpaper mm-hmm. can be completely magical. Or mm-hmm. maybe, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a drapery or, or, or yes. a pillow
2: yes. in a living room or something. Yeah. If yeah. yeah. You're stuck mm-hmm. with something. So
0: I feel like in that sense, color can absolutely... And she just did it again, actually, in another bathroom that she, she moved houses. And the tile had this, like, you know, rust-colored, like, border around the edge. So she found this wallpaper that was, yep. uh, you know... And I feel like people want to go ahead and jump to just ripping it all out Mm -hmm. and starting over when, you know, come up with something creative and see if you can live with it a while. And now I feel like I shouldn't renovate my
2: bathroom. I should just pick a different, (laughs)
3: like I hate the floor and I'm like, well, maybe I just need to pick a different paint color. (laughs) Well, I've written a few posts about that because when people first move in, they take possession. Nothing is your stuff. Like it's all and it's bald and it's naked, and you're like, "Oh, it's gotta go, right? Mm-hmm. But then,, huh, you put your stuff in, you cover up the crack on the wall with a mm-hmm. mirror, and you live with you, it know, a you don't notice it anymore, right? Because that's because you, your eye has been distracted. I talk about that all the time that if you screw up and uh you, oh, you get the undertones wrong or clean and dirty, oh, you' mixed it up, it's a problem. Start styling. Totally distract the eye. It works <laughs> magic. It's great. It really does it because does. when you go
2: into people's homes, uh, th- this is an example. Like, say you were, say you're upgrading a sofa. Yeah, um, I kind of switched there in the middle, but <laughs> and so you're getting rid of your sofa. Right. And you take it out and you put it on the curb or you give it to someone. Oh my gosh, suddenly it looks so much worse than That's it looked right. in your house. That's like right. you lived with it for forever and it was fine. <laughs> it was totally adequate. And then you pull it out and you're giving it to someone, and you're like, oh my gosh, I did not realize how awful this thing looked. Kind <laughs> of yeah, yeah, yeah. the same with your house. When mm-hmm. you're really examining it and you're not living with it, and it's not like propped up with a bunch of stuff. That's right. Then you're like, oh my lord, look at that. <laughs> Just cover it all up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Decorating can solve a lot of house problems. I mean, it totally, yeah. I mean, my deck, for example, like, I mean, uh, we had much bigger things to do, like rip out the front and the backyard. It was half concrete. We moved in like, and the deck's bad, but oh, like I just decorated it, man. Brought in sectional, you know pillows and you know I'm a dude dining room set and everything I mean you don't even notice that deck anymore yeah you so right. like distract oh yeah, yeah. distract hey yeah, look over here
0: that's, that's right, right. look over here at this awesome I put umbrella. a disco ball right, in the yeah. living
2: room do not look at the paint
1: color <laughs> <That's laughs> it's like when you pull back your hair but you wear like really big funny arms or oh, yeah. something on pl- you're like look at these I didn't do my hair today but I'm really trying i Exactly. fabulous <laughs> I like
2: it it's true <laughs> You have crescention down.
1: What? You I have questions This was a. This was just a funny question I was going to ask the color
3: expert. Okay, What's the your, true
2: color expert. True color expert. Excuse <laughs> me.
3: What's your favorite color? Oh, you mean because you haven't seen already? it's yellow.
1: I I was going to say, I could assume based on your website, but I wanted to actually ask,
3: you know, uh, a lot of colorists will say, Oh, I, that's like asking if I have a favorite child, which everyone does, but I disagree because I think (laughs) that's right. I mean, I don't have kids, but you know, anyway, but like, I just think you do, you're going to have, I mean, I, I think people love colors that they look good in, you know, uh, red is my least favorite color because I don't look good in red. Mm-hmm. 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 Or yellow is my happy place. <laughs> Orange is the next color that looks good on me.
2: Do you find that people often decorate their home in the same palette as their wardrobe? Yes. Uh-huh. Should they? Oh.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, think so. They,
2: I think they should.
0: I think you should feel beautiful in your own home. You know, and I, right.
3: think, I think that designers, yeah. there's a lot of designers that will say, like, if my client really has no idea, like, you know, I'll say, like, let me see your wardrobe. You know, I was sitting in a consultation with this one woman and I was trying to pin down the blue that she wanted. And, uh, she's wearing this cornflower blue sweater, but I had, but I, in that moment, I just like spaced out and, and cause I'm trying to find the blue. I, I knew that there, she is wearing this. I thought if I find her some blue pillows in this color she's wearing, she's going to be so happy, but I couldn't like, finally I landed on cornflower blue and I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. That's the name of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I put in cornflower and suddenly everything cornflower blue came up Well, she was just so, she was beside herself. She was thrilled. I'm like, Oh, here's your, here's your lamp. Here's your <laughs> she was so happy. And I'm like, Oh, it took me like, I don't know, half an hour or something. Cause this is a, you know, finite consultation where I'm supposed to produce magic and miracles. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> so finally I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. Cornflower blue. That's it. That's the name of that blue. <laughs> I remember
0: an article. I think it must've been in like El decor or something of Julianne Moore's um, I guess it was like house in New York or something. And she was saying, I just, like, I look great in green and plum and sapphire mm-hmm. with my red hair. So yeah. that's, that was the color palette they went with. And that's everything great. was jewel toned. And yep. I mean, it make
3: it'll make you feel more comfortable. And sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you look great all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, a good tip that um, I use often is that, you know, sometimes when I say to a client, what's your favorite color? They seriously look at me like a deer in headlights. Like What? What? Out of, the, out of the thousands of colors? She wants me to tell her what her favorite color is? And I'll be like, okay, no, no, no. This is You're making this too hard. Right? Okay, tell me, are you like a red and orange person? Are you like a yellow and purple person? Or are you a green and blue person? Mm-hmm. And then they say, oh, I see. Oh, I only have to pick what, you know, one or two out of six colors. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, wait. I think we should all go around the table and tell what our favorite color
0: is. Oh, good idea. Out of
2: this, out of these options right here? No, it could be any color. Caroline, just- now I'm deer in headlights. I like the like six <laughs> options. Go, Karen. Go. Don't think too much. No. Uh,
1: I know. Sure I know. I already, mine's chartreuse sure right now. Karen, <laughs> so you just love color. It's either that or it's tangerine. Do you wear chartreuse? A- I don't think I've ever seen you wear. Oh, chartreuse. yes, she does. I sound.
0: I wear a lot of what it's
3: hard to find some colors. Yeah, like bright yellow is a hard color to find. It's a hard one to
1: find in fashion. In fashion, yeah, yeah. because with fashion too, I feel like it flows. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, but with fashion, I say I always buy olive. If it comes in olive, I own it in that color, right? <laughs> or in a in orange, it can be burnt. It can be bright. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, yeah, those are my probably my two in fashion.
2: Yeah. yeah. I feel like you and Maria might have the same, like, spirit animal when it comes to yeah That's ears. why
1: I was so excited to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> I came to her as a color expert. Like, all I love the colors, colors all the time. <laughs> well, it, and it's true about the wardrobe. My, like, wardrobe in the summer is, like, I color code all my dresses, and it makes me really happy. Yeah, So right. it goes from, like, yellow all the way down, and I'm like, let's <laughs> do this. What color today?
0: You <laughs> two always wear, like, really fun, co- I always feel like. I'm super boring and like you're white with person. jeans <laughs> Yeah, you're white top girl. and jeans and Taryn's like in a yellow sundress her
3: <laughs> brings <a>, the <Taryn laughs> spice yeah sunshine well, you know before I started writing my blog Color Me Happy mm-hmm. I wore black brown beige and cream you know I had a friend that did that and I thought it's such a great idea because you know you put on like a turquoise t-shirt with your khaki pants this summer and oh, it doesn't look as good as a white t-shirt with black or whatever so this is mm-hmm. the conclusion I'd come to So then I start writing my blog, and I'm still kind of in, you know, like, I mean, you can't just switch over your wardrobe overnight. Anyway, I arrived at two different consultations, kind of random times or whatever. And each time the husband said to me, and you're a color expert, and you're wearing beige? (laughs) And I thought, okay, I can never wear beige again. Why
0: why does everyone hate beige? (laughs) That's that's I like beige.
1: People do have a bad... Well, I to so the word beige. I mean, the I don't, don't
2: like kind of beige, beige and it's
3: not attractive. No, no here's I thing. don't like the every wrong beige. Right. Is a problem. It's a bad you know? bad thing. And, you know, and having said that all I mean, beige is not a trendy color right now. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with beige, nothing wrong if you want to have it in your house, but it is definitely not trending. I even had a couple of color uh, designers in my last course in Vancouver who were just like trying to wrap their heads around beige. Why do I even have it in my system? I'm like because you need to be able to like narrow down the color. You need to, you need to distinguish what it is in your client's house. And then you work backwards from there if that's not what they want, but you need to show them, look, you have a pink beige countertop. You can't have exactly the gray that you want. Right. It's not going to work.
0: I would like to petition the design community to come up with a new name for like tan. I like to call it flax
1: (laughs) because flax
0: and tan
2: are different.
0: See, well, it has more in I, guess when I guess when I when I think of beige, I think of more of like a natural linen color, like just sort of a
2: like the color of a Starbucks napkin,
0: <laughs> lighter than that. Mm. But I think most people beige think is kind of like yellow to me. Builder beige is what most people picture. Right. I guess I'm mostly just, just thinking like tan beige. as a color. Yes, is, yeah, that's that right. Pinky, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, because there's down. so much pink beige out there. Like I, you know it. Everyone that reads my blog knows it's a dirty word on my blog and I get a little (laughs) flack for that, but it's such a default automatic color because it looks warm on a small scale and then you put it in, suddenly you've got Mm -hmm. pink beige tile or pink beige carpet. And if that's not what you wanted, now you're cranky. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. fine fine if that's what you wanted. It's an
2: expensive mistake. It is a very expensive
3: mistake. What
2: do you feel like the biggest mistakes people do? Small color swatches or
3: biggest mistake is just not realizing what is existing in their house you know um looking I get, at it objectively well, before moving but on but i mean you know i'll get reporters and they email me they'll email me and they're always asking me the same questions right they'll say oh maria like, can we talk about you know um color and the effect that it has on mood well you know, that really works well if you're like a product designer, for example, right? Or if you're designing a logo or if you're designing a hospital, you know, that's when it's really important to really understand the meaning of color and am I going to put red in that, you know, spa that I want to feel tranquility, Mm -hmm. you know, no. But in your home, if you're madly in love with bright turquoise, but you have a pink beige fireplace, Stack stone that you're unwilling to change. Yeah. It's not gonna work for you to put in that bright turquoise in right. that room. So that's what people don't understand, and that's what they get. And so same with, you know, when they start, they make the biggest mistakes, I would have to say, in hard finishes for sure, mm-hmm. without question. Mm-hmm. Because 95% of the time, in the literally thousands of calls that I do, like I'd said actually in the beginning of the podcast you know, the tile doesn't match, the counter doesn't match the backsplash tile. It, you know, and it, because all of this stuff looks really small and benign. And when it's in a tiny little four by four inch sample or a three by six, you know, then you put it up and it doesn't match. I mean, that is, you know, when I did my renovation this summer and I'm like, I am agonizing over the minutiae of the whites of my subway tile versus the white of my hex tile and noticing that wow, my hex tile now that it's installed, is not a true white at all. It's like an off-white to cream, and hence by putting in the gray grout, which made it feel even look even more cream. I mean, like I'm going through all this in my bathroom renovation on whites, but at the end of the day, my bathroom is white. Mm -hmm. Now that I put in my fabulous, like, yellow ottoman, my eight botanicals framed in gold, Mm -hmm. my, you know, like, I don't really notice that, oh, my floor isn't the exact shade of white that I want it to be. However, most people are dealing with, wow, that blotchy tile I've just put in, in no way goes with my countertop Mm -hmm. and in no way goes with my surround. Now you're mad. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And now your husband assures you, by the way, it's never coming out. Well, now you're really cranky. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can I tell... Our everyone about our book build process. This is when we design the catalog because I feel like people probably picture us with like little swatches, but in reality, we get like a runner size of a rug.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: have full Not size, full yeah, of a painting. Like we'll ha- will get the le- like the actual
2: piece physical of piece art. of art. Right.
0: We'll have three. You know, we'll have swatches that are probably three feet by three feet For of fabric. fabric. Mm-hmm. We'll have multiples yeah, of that's those. That's right. Yeah. They and we in the bedding. The we'll pull bedding. the actual bedding, like a Euro sham of the bedding. And we are putting all of that down on a rug to make sure that it coordinates. Mm-hmm. And if you were just doing that by photos or by like a little tiny swatch, I mean, yeah. it would be twice as hard.
2: You can make a mistake. Right? And
3: yeah, the chances definitely. are that it would not be fabulous in the end. Yeah, exactly. Right. right.
2: Yeah. And we've made that mistake before you were saying a minute ago, I can't remember exactly the, the, the rug with the flowers it. on it. Is that what you're going to talk about? No, I was going to talk about how we have in the past, um, oh, I know, it was the little blue stamen on the flower. Yeah, right, right Can right, I pick right, up yeah. that one little tiny color? Yeah. And we'll, we'll, you know, when we're looking at something in person, um, say, for instance, a rug that has 20 colors in it, and there's like one beautiful chartreuse green in it, but it's really mostly a tan or it's mostly blue. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, but let's really play off of that chartreuse. Well, we have to be very cognizant of the fact that, you know, when you lay a rug down on a floor a lot of that color kind of goes away and really you just see the major color of it. And, Mm -hmm. and so if we're pulling this one little color out in the rest of the room, especially in a photograph when you're not even there in person, you don't get that at all. you just like, Ugh, what a disaster. What were yeah. they thinking? That's right. And yeah. so we have to be real careful about that. And how that can happen in a room as well. Yeah, because yeah. you were saying yeah. today, when you're looking at hard surfaces versus your flooring, you need to put them in the direction that they're going to sit. So yes. if it's the wall tile, you need to have it like standing up vertically. That's right. And the flooring would be horizontal down. Yeah. And, and then look at your countertop laying flat. So and as then, much
3: as possible, simulate how yeah. it's going to look installed or the Position that it's gonna be in, exactly. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. gonna help.
2: Yeah, it's gonna yeah. help you kind of see the real color and what's gonna pick up what in your room. Yeah. And that's
3: what
0: professionals do. I remember Will sent me a photo. Um he he's a landscape architect and they were installing an armillaries here. This thing was like this big. And they
2: we have to say how big that was thirty-six oh, okay. inches
0: around, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: 40, I mean I was like thirty six. arm screen smaller, the, I don't know. Thirty-six
0: inches across, yeah. probably like diameter. And he built one out of foam core. To like, show them, yeah, because yeah, they had built this like um stand pier for it mm-hmm. to sit on and all the stuff. And so, I mean, but that's what designers do and architects. Everyone does that because that's the only way you're going to be able to. That's right. Really get mm-hmm. it perfect, mm-hmm. right? And and and,
2: you, the, and we still make mistakes. Yeah, uh-huh. right. You still do. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just don't install it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> return the tile before Just, you install it. Yeah. Get a box of
0: the tile from Home Depot or wherever you're getting it from. Mm-hmm. You can return it. That's right. I mean, it's not the most, it's not like super exciting to do that. Like, do you want to <laughs> order a box of tile? No. Exactly. But it's a hell of a lot easier than having to rip it all out and hire a contractor to come redo it because it's, it was a bad
3: idea. Well, you know? <laughs> I like, had I had a woman email me once. She said, oh, Maria. She said, I thought that this granite that I was going to put in was just beautiful, like a work of art. Now I have a lizard on my island. And I'm already imagining ways of covering it up with placemats. And what can I do? She was so upset, right? Because... Because people think the automatic upgrade in life with they haven't had stone is, yeah, granite is the next thing. Like, And so then they don't realize, though, so anyone that's ha- lived with granite, now they want quartz because they're like, well, I mean, I can't. I, it's too busy for me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a pattern that I got tired of. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's the other thing, too, is that tile for sure. You should go lay it out right? That's easy to do, but it's kind of harder to do that with a slab. Right. So what I say to people is if you don't have a designer holding your hand that you trust, that you love their designs, then then go safer with your hard finishes. Mm-hmm. Because what if you end up with a lizard on the countertop? Yeah. You won't be happy. Uh-uh. And you're stuck. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Truth. Truth. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, should we do some dilemmas? We have a couple uh, questions. Yes. Okay. We need your ex, your true expert advice. Perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm especially curious about this first one
3: mm-hmm.
1: because I feel like we probably will all have strong opinions. Ooh.
0: Mm.
2: Okay.
1: Well, the first one is from Heath, and he asks, what type of room should have an accent wall? Then provide tips on how to decorate rooms that have them.
2: Do you think Heath has an accent wall? It sounds like he might. I don't know. It sounds like he does,
3: based on what are your cl- thoughts on been accent walls? Well, here's my right thoughts up. on accent walls. So, accent walls are not as popular now as they used to be. Like in the you know in the '80s when we first started. You know, those of you that were around the 80s when we first started, you know, moving from white walls to color, everyone did an accent wall. That was uh-huh. kind of a thing that the we thing. did. Yes. It was like, we'd have the red wall and, you know, like, but... So I believe, I think an accent wall works in more of a contemporary environment usually. And it, you know, it just should usually be the wall that you see when you first walk into a room. I think there's definitely a place for it, but I don't think it's... I don't think everyone should just slap one up. And having said all that, I've had I've had clients say to me, you know what, Maria, like... I'm actually not that good at decorating and pulling a room together. So I want to have some accent walls up. Like I just, I want to have some color on the walls and can I have them? And I'm like, sure, absolutely. You know, but.
2: So there are any tips to decorate around them? Decorate, uh, decorate rooms that have them.
3: So the tips would be that if you are putting up an accent wall and you have a blue wall that you're going to want to repeat that blue in your space. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, small, medium and large gradations of. So, obviously, the accent wall would be the large. So, then you might want to get some blue pillows. You know, you might want a blue lamp or something.
2: Now, does it need to be super contrasty? You know what I'm saying? Like, does it need to be like a
3: bold accent wall? Or is it okay if it's like... An accent wall. You want to go, like, white cream. That's right. So, an accent wall should usually be several shades darker or it's not going to look like an accent wall. And another way, another easy way to put this in context is... um, I whenever I see a kitchen that is like that has like um wood stained cabinets and then a white the white island like no your island should be if that's going to be like that's going to be an accent color it needs to be navy blue or you know a strong color Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so to have it be white Mm -hmm. while everything else is that makes no sense right Right. like it it just looks like oh where's the rest of the white cabinets like yeah like that's not an accent to have it be white Uh, right an uh accent should be a strong color Okay, literally yeah. an accent. Yeah. yeah.
2: Come We're on. New. That's right. All right. Exactly. Good question, Heath. You, I feel like... What? I There's more know. here for you to explore? What, <laughs> no, Karen, like, I I
1: just am wondering, everyone... I don't think they're in... I don't think I'm they're in style. anti. But.
2: You're anti-accent walls in all cases? No. I bet never, we could find some cute ones.
0: Sure, absolutely. You could definitely find some great accent walls. Tread lightly. As a general rule, I don't really... Get it? Yeah, feel bad I'm really not quick.
3: crazy about them, yeah. and they don't often specify them. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, Only if they ask for it,
2: <laughs>
3: they beg. That's right.
0: I just feel like if what what is the goal of the accent wall? Is it to? I think a lot of okay, okay. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people try to take an accent wall and they say like, oh well, there's nothing exciting in
3: my room, so I'm going to paint bright red on my wall. Or well, they're afraid it's exciting. They're afraid, or they're the afraid. Whole room. My, uh, room. My my man, my my facialist said, um, Casey Marie, I want to paint my, paint this room. And what do you think? And so she showed me a pillow. I said, Oh, and I picked out this amazing pink color for her. I said, paint the whole room pink, this pink. And it was a beautiful pink shade, like mm-hmm. gorgeous. Anyway. So I haven't been back, but she, my sister was there and, um, and then I was talking to her. She's like, Oh, I just painted one wall. I said, no, no, Yeah, no. All like, in, so most all of the in. time when people throw up accent walls, they're, they're like, they're afraid. Mm-hmm. So My suggestion would be, you know, test the color as long as it's not some screaming, you know, like it's screaming clean and it's just totally wrong with your earthy furniture or something. You know, if it's a good color and you got it up on a big sample, don't be afraid. Paint the room. Mm -hmm. Do it. Yeah. All right. I like that.
2: Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. One more question. All right. And we'll let you go for the night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Michelle asked, if someone had only $500 to update a room, what could they do to see the biggest impact or the biggest bang for the buck?
2: An accent wall.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it all comes around. You know, I would say lighting. Nobody ever has enough lighting. It's the first thing I do is install, like, six lamps in someone's house. You know, what people say to me all the time, Maria, like, you know, like, can I put, should I put, like, eight pot lights in here? No. No. You are not going to have your recessed lighting on when you're watching TV at night and when you've got your friends over. and when Like, it's, it's lamps. So I would say that lamps... Are the biggest? That's the biggest thing, mm-hmm. right? And it's easy to drop five hundred bucks on some lamps. Yeah, lamp, mm-hmm. I know, Lighting You gotta be budget expensive. conscious. If you're gonna get six lamps out of five hundred dollars, yeah. but hey, it can be done. And I highly recommend that you do it.
2: So, so should oh you no, because you said today you should have about eight lamps in your living room, right?
3: I mean, ish, six to eight ish lamps. Uh-huh. Yeah, in different, in different, you know, like um, have a tiny lamp, have a floor yeah, lamp, that's have a right. pair of you know, earn, you know, I was reading a sconces, designer. Does that count? Like
2: oh yeah. Sconces, sconces on the fireplace. Sure, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I was reading I'm just a designer counting in, some, in my mind what I have, so I want to make sure I'm right. Yeah, that's right. The <laughs> coffee table book where he had said he puts um, up lights like behind a sofa. Like two of them, mm-hmm.
2: like mm-hmm. I that That's cool, right? Yeah, because it's just I mean, a so little bit of too. subtle. Because uh, yeah. a lot of times, corners of a room will go dead. Yes, if you don't have light in them, yeah. and that will add, you know, just that little bit of spark. That's right. That brings that corner to life.
1: Yeah. What? Why are you laughing? Too? I was laughing because at Halloween I'll put <laughs> one of the blinking lights in the corners, and I was like, <laughs> "That's not well, what that's we're talking about." No. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally right,
0: though. Lighting is so important. And we've talked about this before like going into our friends' houses and they don't light their room properly, and you just are like
2: ah! trying to like, fix
3: it. That's right. Yeah, like it feels so. It's like, overlooked so often. Yeah, and, and it feels unfortunate. If people really got how their room would feel. And when it's dark or in the evening, when all those lights are on, they would run out. But lights, but. It, Having said that, I mean, table lamps are not easy because you want them coordinated. You don't want the three that you find in a big box store. And right. So, I mean, table, but you know, Mm -hmm. the first thing actually that I'll do for so many of my e design clients, I always include two gourd lamps in like a color. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, when we moved, Right. Um, you know, my partner called me and said, uh, I'd like to inform you that we own 32 lamps. <laughs> I said, well, that's not enough. Yeah, we need right? at least 20 so more. <laughs> anybody could have like two, you know, colorful lamps to go in somewhere in their house, like mm-hmm. a gourd lamp. Right. I mean, everybody can You're use you that, use those right? forever. For sure. So that, that's the first thing. Again, they're so excited because it matches their pillows and it matches their carpet. <laughs> Here's the other great thing about lamps versus
0: overhead lighting it casts such a more flattering light because you want the light exactly. at your face yeah. from the same angle oh, yeah. instead of coming light down. coming down yeah, right.
2: from like put a flashlight and shine it yeah. down on your face and look at how old and gross you look. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It is not pretty. You want to be uplit at yeah. all times, ladies.
0: having The light bulbs at this, at about eye
2: level, like, That's Mm going to make you look better. And only stand up. Turn off that (laughs) boob light. (laughs) What boob light? Oh, turn off the boob light. Turn off the
3: boob light. Okay, and Mm -hmm. the torch light. okay. Toast. Wait, Put it the torchlight. The torchlight, those right? Floor lamps in every that, corner. The,
2: or every or the, house like Those eighties ones that kind of go up like a tulip. Sheet. You know, they
3: sit in the corner and they light up the whole room. Everybody's <gasps> got
2: one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Put well, it down I'd, by the curb with a free sign on it. That's right, away. right. Give
2: it to your college age student. That's right. Because <laughs> they need three or four of them.
3: That's yeah. right. <laughs> 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 See, that doesn't give you atmosphere either, though. It just kind of lights up the ceiling, and so you, maybe you can read, but that's it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <gasps> I feel like we had such good tips this
2: week. Yes.
1: just So informative.
3: Thank yeah, very so helpful. Yes,
1: thank you. Can Thanks, you, ladies. do will
0: you
3: give everybody like where they can find you, follow oh, you, yes. read your blog? All yes. Things? So you can find me on my website at mariakillam.com, K-I-L-L-A-M, and on Instagram at mariakillam. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And But your blog's called Color Me Happy. Oh, it is, but it's under mariakillam.com. Got it. Got it. Got yes. And right. you've got Instagram and all those things too? Yes. Okay. What's Her the, she hand. said it. Oh, oh at, at mariakillam.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Long day. And we're that's, not even drinking one. No. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I guess that's our show. Thank awesome. you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Maria, for coming it and thanks good for one, inviting man. us today. Okay. We yeah. loved it. And, um you could subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app that'd be great we'd love it follow us on social media of course at ballard designs we'll leave some show notes for this episode on our blog at howtodecorate.com slash podcast and of course we need some questions guys send running us your low. dilemmas send us your dilemmas we know you have problems we've got some awesome people coming up and you don't want to miss their awesome advice
2: and how and do they it? send their dilemma
0: you can email it to podcast at ballarddesigns.net.net.net
2: Just letting you know, it is hard. The net people, I know people get confused about the net part. Um, Until next time,
0: (laughs) happy (laughs) decorating. decorating.